You are listening to a recording from saleschatshow.com. To stream or download a huge number of other informative recordings that will power your sales success, please visit www.saleschatshow.com. Really hope you enjoy this session. Thanks for listening. So, folks, this is Simon Hazeldean for the Sales Chat Show. I am here with my good buddies, Phil Jessen and Graham Jones. And today we are chatting about the all-important topic of the future of sales. So what is coming over the hill to greet us at Sales Professionals? What are some of the challenges and opportunities that we need to be thinking about? So, Phil, over to you. Um, in your opinion, what are some of the changes that, are, that sales professionals are facing? Well, some of the things I've noticed would include a uh, move towards a more consultative selling approach. That won't surprise anybody listening to this. Uh, but I think the trend is definitely there to stay, a lot more listening, a lot more understanding. Uh, I often think that one of the problems with conventional sales training is it works. What I mean by that is it actually trains people to sell. Uh, what I think people need to do now uh, is to understand why the other person is likely to buy, rather than concentrating on how to sell. And that does, of course, include not just understanding the business reasons why somebody might buy something, but the personal factors and how they, as individuals, are uh, structured. Uh, are they motivated by security, i.e. they don't like change? Uh, are they motivated by achievement and influence? All those personal factors. I think salespeople have to be psychologists today rather than very good talkers, as might have been the case some years ago. Because I think it's, it's a really interesting point. When I, I work with companies and my clients, I start off by talking about the buying process that the customer goes through rather than the company's selling process, yeah. if, indeed yeah. they have a, if indeed they have a selling process. Yeah. So finding out from the customer how they make their decisions yeah. and also, very importantly, who is involved in the buying process. Because certainly yeah. if you're selling B2B... Yeah you're definitely going to have more than one person involved in the buying decision. You probably are if you're doing B2C sales as well, but yeah. increasingly there's more and more people in the you know, I think often the, called the decision-making I think, unit. I think the ABC of selling today is that the A stands for analyse how the customer likes to work, the B is build a bridge to that world, and the C is communicate in their language, not our language. Yeah, absolutely. That's the ABC as it is. Yeah, and today. As, it, as it used to be, it was always be closing. Glenn Gary, Glenn Ross, the yes. film. So always be closing. Uh, that might still have its place, but I think I prefer your prefer your your ABC. I've got a different ABC. What's your ABC? <laughs> my, my ABC is that it's all before connection. And oh, okay. That, uh, people are making up their mind what to buy before they've connected with you, and so they're researching online. They're finding what they want to buy online, and then the salesperson is really. You know, got no choice. That the person has already made their mind up. You can't really influence them because they've done their research online. They're using the internet to do you make mean, their product selection. Do you mean they've decided which product to buy or decided who to buy it from? Both. So, uh, a few years ago, if you were in car sales, you would be one of eight people competing for selling <clears throat> a particular car. So, you know, people would visit several dealers, it was eight dealers on average, before they would buy a car. Now they go to the one dealer where they want to buy the car from because they've visited those eight brands online 
and they've gone through all the selection process, they've chosen their car, they've even chosen the colour and all the add-ons and everything they want, and they're going to the salesperson in a car dealership saying, sell me that car. Mm. So it's increasingly people are doing research on the organisations, but also I think they're doing research on the people who are coming to visit them. Now I'll often see on my LinkedIn profile that people I'm going to have a meeting with have looked at my profile before I meet them for the first time. So they're Mm. clearly checking me out. So there's a tip for everybody listening in, is please make sure your LinkedIn profile is up to date. Please make sure it articulates what you do in a way that benefits and interests the people who look at your profile, not just you talking about how great you are. And very importantly, have a good quality photo because that means when they meet you, they're going to recognise you. So they're already going to be starting to feel a bit more comfortable with you because they they know what you look like. And obviously keep your photo up to date. It's that photo of me dressed up as Father Christmas is no longer yeah, any no. good. <laughs> not very good at all, no. Uh, that, that's an interesting uh, comment about uh, the research stuff, Simon, because I think um, it applies, of course, to our approach as salespeople to the customer. Years ago, salespeople could sit in front of somebody they were meeting for the first time and wing it mm. and gather information and do their research literally within the five minutes of the call. Yeah. But the customer or the prospect today will quite rightly say to the salesperson, how much do you know about us? Brackets. Yes. Have you bothered to look at my website? Have you bothered yeah. to check out my LinkedIn profile? And bearing in mind we've known about this meeting for three weeks, why have you not bothered to connect with me? Yes. So there's a yeah. lot of that we need to do at Tuller End now. I did, a, I did a blog post some months ago, which is around... Um, what I said used to be one of the best questions in sales is now one of the worst questions in sales. And it's exactly to Phil's point. The worst question now is, uh, Mr. Customer, please tell me about your company. Because the, com- yeah. the customer is expecting you to know, yeah. to, know. to absolutely to know that fact. And, and mm. you know, we have our, our good friend, our internet psychologist with us. Um, minimum they're expecting now, Graham, is you'll have looked at the website. They, minimum. They will, but we have one big problem. Uh, and that is that still... Only 52% of businesses have a website. And so, strange as it may seem, after over 20 years of the internet, that you know only half roughly of businesses have a website and yet they expect even without a website they sit there and expect a supplier who's trying to sell to them to have done some research about them whether that's on LinkedIn or whether it's through social media or you know through other ways but Mm. they expect because they know about other businesses they've forgotten that their website doesn't have they don't have a web presence but they expect somebody to know because the internet is supposed to tell them somehow this magic about them. Mm. And so even though businesses don't have a website, the people in those businesses still expect the people coming to sell to them to have done some research because that's what they do as, as businesses. Yeah, yeah. and it's, it's so, it's, it's, it always used to be the right thing to do in sales. Um, unless they obviously haven't got a website, you can still find some information out them on, online is it just makes the whole process easier. I mean, back in the day, I used to have to go to the local business library to sort of look at the uh, Kelly's business directory directory to to try to do my own work. So if they do have a web presence, I don't think sales professionals now have any excuse whatsoever no. not we, to We are not giving our age away there, though, saying that we used to go into the library to look at <laughs> Kelly's directory. <laughs> That's because all the people on the sales chat show are very experienced in the world of sales, <laughs> rather than grey hair. So 
uh, <laughs> let's let's just be clear on that on that on that one. And what about the impact of social media, folks, on salespeople? It's re- it was really really important. Uh, apart from the the kind of psychology of being social and people expect you to to connect, as you said earlier, uh, but actually you've got. The whole social internet is the way people expect the internet to work. They expect it to be interactive. They expect them to make those connections in advance of any sales calls that you make. So turning up and not being connected on LinkedIn or not following the company on Twitter is deemed to be almost an insult these days. And so actually you really do need to be using these tools to follow the the people that you're trying to, to uh, work with or even if they're existing customers to show how much you love that customer well that's yeah. that's an interesting point Graham because in my key account world um, I see social media impacting on the way that existing customer relationships are managed uh, companies quite rightly are forming their own internal LinkedIn groups yeah. uh, and putting uh, inviting uh, customers to join those LinkedIn groups either uh, because they are at the same level groups of buyers or groups of sales directors or, or in some occasions um, uh, vertical market uh, LinkedIn yeah. groups so a customer with a thousand customers uh, and 50 of them are in the printing industry put the 50 yeah. printers all together 60 are in the pharmaceutical world put all the pharmaceutical people together uh, and they get a huge amount of value uh, out of networking with each other Mm. as well as buying the products and services from the supplier. So I see it at that end as well. Yeah, and I think that that's also uh, important that you provide a means for constantly understanding what your your fellow salespeople are up to within the marketplace and what your fellow uh, salespeople, your uh, customers that you're yeah. trying to get yeah. to, are up to, so that you're full of knowledge. I use a tool called Nimble, uh, which uh, has all my it's a, basically a social CRM system, and what that does is that allows me, you know, to look at a customer. I can see all the emails I've had with them, all the meetings, all the dates, you know, all the usual kind of typical CRM stuff. But it also shows me what they've just done on Twitter, what they've just done on Facebook, Perfect. what they've just done on LinkedIn, all on one page, so that I can look at a customer and I can see what they're up to. And I can see what they, who else they've been dealing with, or who, you know, what other people they've been having conversations with. So I'm completely fully informed when I go in front of that customer. I know what they've been doing. So social CRM is mm. really important. Okay, so social CRM is probably something you would think the listeners would need to be they need looking to at. Focus on that. And yeah. a great conversation starter, obviously, as well. When you're in there, I noticed you were tweeting on this, etc. Yeah. Noticed you were tweet- tweeting yeah. on that. I it's... saw your update on LinkedIn yesterday. <clears throat> yeah. yeah, yeah, and I think uh, also on this LinkedIn group point, um, maybe our listeners might want to make an action point over the next month of joining two LinkedIn groups. Yeah. Uh, and maybe asking at the next sales meeting of their boss, uh, what are what are we as a company doing to create our own internal yeah. LinkedIn groups? For so our there's customers? a couple of actions there for you. One is take a look at Nimble. Uh, is that Nimble dot Nimble dot com? Nimble dot com from Graham. Phil's look, talking about LinkedIn groups. And my challenge to you is get your LinkedIn profile up to a hundred percent. So make and make sure that it's benefit laden in terms of in terms of the customer. I think we also had understand the customer's buying process, uh, the process that they're going to be going through, and identifying the key people and personalities within that within that buying yeah. process, or sometimes called the decision-making unit. That basically is anybody who has 
an involvement is impacted has a say or an influence or a decision actually makes the decision to buy your to buy your products and service so you need to need to map those people and the bigger the ticket item you're selling general rule of thumb usually the more people will be involved in the sales process and research shows that salespeople are seeing a very very limited number of those people which might be the reason that sometimes the sale process sales process stalls so guys any last uh, tips because we we do need to finish firstly we need to finish because of recording time and secondly because we've ordered sandwiches and chips for lunch and they will be being delivered very shortly uh, yeah chips being a sort of a bit of a cultural icon here at the sales chat show part of our staple diet yes i won't i won't be here for chips because after graham's last comment i'm just going to shoot off and check my linkedin profile <laughs> <laughs> So, any last thoughts other than uh, apparently I'm getting to eat Phil's chips, which sounds absolutely fantastic. So, or maybe I need to share them with Graham. I don't know. Okay, I look forward to it. <laughs> Lovely. Well, thank you very much for listening, folks, and uh, we look forward to being with you again very shortly. This is the SalesChatShow.com. Thank you. You have been listening to a recording from SalesChatShow.com. To stream or download a huge number of other informative recordings that will power your sales success, please visit www.saleschatshow.com. Thank you very much for listening.